Got a couple of quick announcements this morning. This week, Wednesday at 5.30, Second Harvest, 5.30 to 7. If you haven't signed up, let me know if you can make it. I think so far there was four, and we need at least ten. So let me know. Uh, let's see, Sunday Night Fellowship this evening. We actually started, we went through the introduction last week of this book called I Am a Church Member. So I think we had a few people order it. Um, I've actually got it electronically, and I typed it up and printed it. So we have all those if you want it. So looking forward to, we'll do the first chapter of that this evening. Uh, let's see, October the 2nd at 5 p.m. we'll have a baptism service. I think we have three candidates so far. Hopefully we'll bump that up to about 10, right? <laughs>
So I did forget one announcement. So next Sunday morning, we're going to have a special guest here. Brother Brandon Williams is going to be coming and preaching for us next week. So looking forward to that. Hope everybody will come back and bring someone with them. Uh, anybody have a special song this morning? Well, Brother John's going to be preaching for us this morning. Looking forward to that. Needed a little break after the last little bit. So going to have him come up and take over the service. Well, good morning. We'll be in uh, John chapter 11 this morning. Let me put this thing on. One, two, one, two. There we go. John chapter 11. So we've been kind of walking through the, the book of John. I've never have preached totally through the book of John, so that's what I am trying to do. And uh, so the last uh, preach from John chapter 10, and just a little bit of background, uh, Jesus is, was, has been in Jerusalem, um, the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is in the fall, and uh, they brought the woman in adultery to him and had to, they dropped the stones and uh, he condemned her not, told her to go sin no more. And, and uh, then we, as he's leaving the festival uh, there in the last day, gives the, his uh, I am the light of the world uh, Talk, trying to get them to realize that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, God incarnate, all those things. Um, and, you know, they're the Pharisees and the church leadership are angry, trying to trying to stone him, trying to capture him. Um, we end up here in the in the ninth end of the ninth verse or ninth chapter where he heals the blind man. And the same type of thing going on there. Was, was it his sin? Was it his parents' sin? No, it was for the glory of God. And again, Jesus got the opportunity. They get mad. They want to yeah, just kind of steal away. And then uh, kind of going on with that, about a, three months later at the Feast of Lights or Hanukkah, as it's known today, the Jewish holiday, um, he goes on. And, and talks about being a good shepherd. And um, so at the end of chapter 10, he's again stealing away. And there at the end of chapter 10, it says, and, and went away again beyond Jordan to the place where John first baptized. And there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracles. But all things that Jesus spake of this man were true, and many believed on him there. So Jesus got a following, and um, and he's beyond Jordan. So I'm picturing him to be kind of on the on the Sea of Galilee up here. The Jordan River runs here into the Dead Sea here, and Jerusalem is here. I'm doing backwards for you for your. And then, so I'm thinking he's on the the east side of the Jordan River. Um, I think one of the things I read was like roughly 93 miles 
from where Jerusalem is. And there's a lot of a lot of different people with a lot of different thoughts on that because John baptized first near Enon. That's why Enon's named Enon because there's much water there, um, which is kind of north of where Jerusalem is, probably about 20 to 30 miles. Um, but anyway, that's the geography lesson for today. Mm-hmm. Trying to kind of try to paint the picture because Jesus had to get away from Jerusalem. That's the bottom line. They were after him. And he still had work to do. Mm-hmm. And it was not his time. His time had not come to go to the cross. But we're very, very close into that because we're December time frame. And the Passover is the next first festival that's coming up. And today in chapter 11 happens in that three-month window, probably earlier in the three-month window because some time goes before he has a meal where Mary washes or anoints him and washes his feet with her hair. And then I'll just go ahead and start reading here in chapter 11. So pray for us this morning as we... Because this, this is a little bit different. A lot of times when you preach about Lazarus, you're, you're, you're talking about the resurrection and that there's probably about four messages out of this chapter you can preach. And this is, this is, this is one that's for the church, for those who are Christians, because, uh, and you'll, see, you'll understand why here in a few minutes. It says, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was there, it was that Martha which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, this is John's writing this when he's exiled on the, on the Isle of Patmos retrospectively. You go go to chapter twelve when Mary actually washes uh, Christ's feet. So he's writing it retrospectively. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, "Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick." And when Jesus heard that, he said, "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God." that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And he had heard, therefore, that he was sick. He abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of the world. And if a man walk in the, walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. 
Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. And we're going to stop right there. So, uh, Lazarus is sick. They send, uh, Mary and Martha send word to, to Jesus and the disciples, hey, Lazarus is sick. And Jesus there says, okay, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. He's going to purposely wait. And uh, he explains, uses the word sleep, which kind of concern, uh, confuses uh, the disciples in that. And he uh, then has to tell them quite plainly that Lazarus is dead. And, and Christ being God, he, he knew everything that was going to transpire there. And uh, there, there was an opportunity. So one of, the, one of the points that we need to look at this morning is, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's very common that, you know, pe- people who are Christ followers or those who are love Jesus, they still get sick. They still die. They still face troubles and trials. We're not immune to it. We live in a sin-cursed world. Mm-hmm. We, all, we all have had a loved one pass away. And just because you've trusted Jesus and because you're trying to live for Christ doesn't mean you're going to immune. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is, is okay, how, how, how are you going to handle that? How, how can you glorify God in that? You know, that's the difference between us and the world. How, you know, certain if you're not, uh, uh, you know, we've heard it time and time again when uh, you go to the funeral, how, you know, how, how sometimes if it's a, somebody who you know has trusted Jesus as their Savior, how it's such a celebration of life. Mm-hmm. And if you go to somebody who doesn't know the Lord or you're not sure how that funeral is really, really hard because you, you don't know. So that's that's one of the points here, just because and I think Satan likes to use that likes because we become to the point where we expect God to deliver. We kind of touched on that a little bit in Sunday school this morning, what our expectations are, what, what do we think, how God's going to work, you know, how, what, what we've been brought up in our mind, you know, and several people say, well, you know, if. If you get sick, you must not, you know, you must have done something wrong. You must be living in sin or you're not in God's will or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. It could be, but not necessarily the case. And as Jesus tells them quite plainly here in verse four, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. So every situation, whether it's the good times, the mountaintop times or valley times, it's for God's glory. Amen. He puts us in those situations to glorify Him, good or bad. Mm-hmm. 
How are you going to handle it? How are you going to respond to it? It's all for His glory. We live in such a me world. You know, it's all about me. It's all about, you know. But we got to, and that's, that's the battle we face daily, our culture and the things we live in. It's like this life is so small. We talked about a little bit about the Abraham, the sands of the seas and the stars in the sky and how the stars in the sky outnumber and how vastness space is. It's infinite. And that's what eternity is. It's infinite. And this 70 years or whatever God grants us here on this earth, the 19-year-old that passed away last night in the motorcycle wreck, we don't know. Mm-hmm. But that time we do have, if we trust in Jesus, we love Him. Thank God for His love for us to send Him to die on the cross of Calvary for us. Mm-hmm. Now, are we living our life for Him? So just because we're Christ followers, we're born again, saved, regenerated, whatever word you want to use, we still will go through life, death, sickness, financial troubles, struggles, disagreements. We're not immune to any of that. And all all goes all the way back to the garden. We live in a sin-cursed world and there's no, 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 no way around it. Another point here is God's timing is not necessarily our timing. God grant me patience and I want it now. It's, it's one of those things. You know, we've heard time in and time out that you know, you know, people prayed for years and years or months and months for something to happen and, and it finally happens. Um, I remember Brother Clayton's uh, sister's husband, Ira Gilpin. He said he prayed for that man for over 50 years before that man received Christ as his Savior. Now, God's time isn't necessarily our time. And it's for our good. Mm-hmm. The same way with the sickness or troubles. It's for our good to help mold us and guide us and to glorify Him in it. The same way with being patient and waiting on God's timing. That's, that's the thing. We, we live in a, a convenience world that we, you know, we throw our thing in the microwave and we've got to wait a minute. Oh, gosh, I wait a minute. I want it in 30 seconds, you know. We're waiting and waiting. We don't like to wait. We want it now. We want the answer now. And in this situation, you know, I don't know. We don't know how many, you know, we want to assume four days. We don't really know the time from the time that Lazarus was actually came down sick and they sent word to Jesus. We just know that Jesus, after he got word, waited two days before they traveled. And by the time he got there, we don't know if he died in that time. And by the time he got there, he's 93, 90 miles away by foot. Did it take him four days to get there, six days to get there? The only thing we know is that Lazarus, by the time he got there, was four days dead. Mm-hmm. 
in the grave. <coughs> Don't roll that stone back. He stinks. Mm-hmm. And it was a Jewish tradition that they believed that, you know, the person had to be dead for three days, that the soul was still lingering for three days. So they didn't believe that somebody was actually dead, dead to the fourth day. And Jesus' waiting was purposeful. Now, Mary and Martha's expectation was that, okay, Jesus is going to get word. He's going to do what he can to get here. Now, if he gets here, you know, everything's going to be all right. It's not necessarily the case. Still get sick, still die, still can't pay your bill. I need this yesterday and won't come for another four days. Life happens. I'm not immune to it. Lazarus was immune to it. It's real life. But God's still working. And, and Jesus is trying to still Mary and Martha and Lazarus, even though they were tight with Jesus, no doubt they had meals together the three years or so that Jesus was around the area preaching and teaching that they didn't fully understand. The disciples didn't fully understand. The Pharisees, all the people that heard him speak at the festival and at the, the festival of lights, that he was trying to get them to understand that he was I am. He was the Messiah. That he was God. And he, and he says there, you know, and I am glad there in the fourth or fifteenth verse. I am glad for your sakes that I I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. They didn't get it. They still didn't get, and you and you look at this. You look at this, this experience. You you look at Joseph. What all Joseph went through, sold into slavery, became a servant in Potiphar's house. You know things got good, and then Potiphar's wife wanted wanted uh, to engage him, and you know he ends up in prison. And he gets lifted up in prison. And then the, the baker, I think it was, the, forgot about him after he revealed their dreams. And, you know, he finally rose up. And all that time, all the whys. Why, God? Why? We never had any of that out of Joseph. And, and it come down with the famine. You know, he was there to, to save Israel, Jacob, and all, all the sons. And, and we go through things. God's timing is such that we may not see the end result in our life. We may not see it in our time frame, in our window of eternity. That's why we have to take advantage of every opportunity, every breath that we have. You know, whether 
you know, oh, I'm retired or not retired. We, as long as we have breath, mm-hmm. we are to, to live for Christ. Right. And, and Paul, Paul states that in Philippians chapter 2. If I am to live, I'm to live for Christ. But, you know, to die is gain. You know, while we have an opportunity, we have purpose. And, and Jesus purposely waited so God would be glorified in this. That hopefully some people would get the, the, the all this Jesus. He, he is something. You know, we've heard about the water and wine. We've heard, we've heard about the bread and the fishes. We've heard about this, that, and the other that he's done here over the last three years or so. But now he's raised somebody from the dead. He's raised somebody from the dead. So God's timing is 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 totally up to him. He's omnipotent, all powerful, all present, all knowing. Here in Romans eight, Paul Paul writes this. And, and, and a lot of times we think that, you know, God, when he's not on our time, that he's abandoned us. He's turned our, his back on us. And that's not the case at all. That's Satan getting in our head and, and, and say, oh, he's he's forgot about you. You're sick. You're going through this because you did this and that 30 years ago. He gets 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 you say gets you right where he wants you so you don't glorify God and you don't you don't take up the opportunity to lift him up in in that in that valley time. But Paul, very familiar scripture to us to us all. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels no part principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. So we're not immune to the things of this world. God's timing is not ours. Mm-hmm. And the other other tough thing for us as, as Christ followers and just being human is when God says no. God says sometimes no. What we want, what we think we need. Jesus. I expected to see you here by five o'clock. I know you got word this morning. First thing, we, we knew you're going to be on the scene. Sometimes he says no, and it's for our good. Mm-hmm. 
How many times over the last 25 years that we've heard Tony get up here and preach and say, he had this nice list in college, high school, college, of all these things that he thought he was going to accomplish, and now he'd just throw it out. That's 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 Christian walk. We got to submit ourselves. Not that we have to walk around, you know, waiting clueless or anything like that. But we got to remember your will, not mine. Amen. Friend getting sick. Friend having a disease. Friend surgery goes well and then something else happens. Can you be here? Yeah, maybe in a couple of days. Then life happens and that person can't come for a month. Things happen. So sometimes God says no. He goes on to read here. It says, starting in verse 17. Then when Jesus came, when Jesus came, now, in this situation, he was, like I said, 90 miles away. Uh, I'm going to say somewhere between 30 and 90 miles. I don't know for sure. But God, he, he really never left. He was there anyway. And God's always with us. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they just say no. But he came. He found that he had... Uh, and when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh into Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. About two miles or so. So if Jesus was in, in Jerusalem, he, he would have been there you know, maybe in a couple hours, depending on the terrain. Figure you walk a mile in 20 minutes. So 40 minutes on nice... Maybe 30 minutes for us old, slow people. But And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. So her, her her expectation was that you know Jesus, and and that sometimes that's that's wrong on us. That's not we we expect God to be the and he is he's a miracle worker. He can he can heal. He can he can change the situation. He absolutely can. But sometimes he says no. In this case, he waited two days. He could have been there a lot earlier. Yes. He could have been, yes. Lazarus. Just like he did the withered hand. Just like the water to wine. Easy. Fish. Bread. Some little boy's lunch. Let's feed 5,000 plus. No worries. Could make Lazarus feel good. The answer was no. Mm-hmm. We still want to ask why. Well, we're going to find out why here in a second. Mm-hmm. 
But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto him, thy brother shall rise again. Again, you know, infinite. Our finite lifetime. This small eternity forever. And that's our selfishness. But think about that for a second. And we build relationships with one with each other and we lose somebody, somebody gets sick, we feel bad, we hurt, we mourn, we grieve. But how does God feel when we don't cultivate that relationship with Him? Mm-hmm. Oh, God can wait. I'm going to be in eternity. No, that's bad on us. Martha saith unto him, I know that thou shalt rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's why we're here, folks. Every Sunday, resurrection day. Not, not, not the Sabbath day, Resurrection Day, first day of the week. Not the Sabbath, the Sabbath. Sabbath is Saturday. Christian Sabbath is Sunday because of what's going to transpire mm-hmm. three months from now in the Gospel of John. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And like we talked a little bit about Sunday school, you know, the the expectation, the worldly human expectation was that Christ was going to go into Jerusalem, take over the throne, overthrow the Roman. And that's a no. That's not how it's supposed to happen. So sometimes our expectations aren't God's and we have to learn to live like that. We need to we we need to change our whole mindset around that. And when she had said when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him. Again, trying to stay on the down low, not to draw too much of a crowd since the church leadership and everything was after him and wanting him dead. And then the Jews, then which were with her in the house and and comforted her, then they saw Mary. And she arose up hastily and went out, following her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Her expectation was the same as Martha's. And when Jesus therefore saw her, saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which arose with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. 
and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even man should not have died? Expectations. And the answer sometimes is no. The answer sometimes is no. Been a lot would have been a lot easier. Jesus' reputation wouldn't have been tarnished. But it was a no. Mm-hmm. We all get sick. We all struggle. We all all shall pass. God's timing is not always ours. And sometimes God says no. Does that mean we just throw our hands up and not do anything? No. We stay the course. We persevere. We continue on living for Him. Looking for the purposes. Looking for the things that He wants us to learn. How can we glorify Him in the bad, in the rough times? We know how what happens here. And there's going to be a day mm-hmm. which each, each and every one of us who have trusted Him, we're going to hear our name called. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear that trumpet. We're going to hear that shout, the archangel. Mm-hmm. And I believe each one of our names will be called. Won't that be a glorious day? Amen. Mm-hmm. And then we have all this. Mm-hmm. And not this that's sin cursed. Brother Bob. Amen. Amen. Absolute great message. Amen. Great reminders. Amen. Especially as Christians. We glorify Him in the good times and in the bad times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good reminder for all of us. But I ask for a verse of a psalm. If anyone that's here needs to be saved this morning, needs to follow that voice of Jesus to the altar, we'll come and pray with you. If you're here and you need to repent of a sin, we'll come and pray for you. Pray with you right here. As we have one verse of a psalm, I ask you all to stand.